What's up? Oh, I, okay, so I just found this new break room in our barracks, and I'm surprised I haven't noticed it before. It's relatively quiet in here. Oh, nicely done. I'm sorry, that was a yawn. Um, Ooh, that hurt. Oh, my body is so good. sore right now. I'm so sorry. I've been doing like these combatives class, and they have been kicking my ass. <sighs> what did they make you do? There's a lot of like rolling around and just like grappling and different holds <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> rolling around on the floor. <laughs> I guess today we had to do a thing called EUs, where it's literally just you have to go from one room, one side of the room to the other side on your back, like just using nothing but your core. Like you're just like twisting the whole time. And it looks stupid and it makes everything hurt. <laughs> You're like, I look dumb and I don't feel good. Why? <laughs> Why are you like this? Also, I have some great news that by the time mm -hmm. this drops, I will be promoted to sergeant. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank Sarge. you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on up in the world. Uh, you know, I did it all for the money. <laughs> Beautiful. My motivation for everything in life, I understand. Oh yeah, like teacher told us, ch chase a check, you know? Molly Percocet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Secure the bag. <laughs> so how have you been? I'm fine. I just bought a ticket to Japan, so I'm going in November, which I'm super excited about. Oh, shit. I uh, took my first spin class yesterday, and now my crotch is bruised, <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> Everything hurts. <laughs> I tried to spin class once and I was like, I have no idea how anyone with genitals does this because <laughs> you just like smash your crotch on a tiny triangle seat for like an hour. It hurts. And then this one also incorporated weights. So then we were sitting there like spinning as we were lifting weights. And I was like, man, oh, I'm God. so out of shape. Like it was probably good for me, but oof, oof, it was rough. The struggle for beauty, you know? <laughs> I know, the things we do. You're risking your crotch out here. It's like my most valuable asset, too. <laughs> all I have is literally all I have going for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, how long do you mean to plan for? It's true. I'm just going for like a week and a half, I think like 10 days. That sounds fun as shit. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be a good time. We're going to do Tokyo and Kyoto. So, hopefully, you see all the, the good stuff. You have to hit Suicide Forward, so just make sure you don't pull a James Charles and videotape <laughs> dead body. <laughs> All of a sudden, I have a YouTube channel, and like, I really wanted to share this with the world, and... <laughs> oh my god, I had no idea. Suicide Forest, I have a corpse just, in it. I'm just vlogging my vacation. Here I am in Japan. Like and subscribe. Then afterwards, an hour-long apology video. <laughs> I just want to say sorry to my fans. The hallmark of any YouTuber nowadays is having an apology video, and then trying your hardest to an cry. An apology like a barefaced apology video with you in like a sweatshirt <laughs> for some reason just like always look like shit just like in an all white room really hard on me too yeah in an all white room oh my claim to fame <laughs> i wonder what happens if i just release an apology video and like, haven't it. actually done anything wrong uh, or like i'm making this for when i do fuck up it's coming eventually i just want to get everything out in the open now yeah. I'm trash. I just like want to come out ahead of this, you know? <laughs> I'm being progressive. <laughs> I'm forward thinking. So, uh, we are Bruhs of Murder. <laughs> Under all, all the obscure references. <laughs> we are a true crime Somewhere pod in there, there's yeah. a podcast. <laughs> Deep, yeah, you gotta dig a little bit. 
<laughs> we are a true crime podcast that highlights cases involving POC because they don't get enough attention. And we also play some sick ass jams. So <laughs> uh, I think it's my turn to start off, right? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, my memory is severely so. damaged too. Years of drug use. I'll do it to you. <laughs> so uh, last week on the last episode, I promised you a case that's kind of fucked up, but also old. Uh, but it has, I don't want to say a happy ending, but a satisfying conclusion to the story. Now, okay. this is the murder of James Boyd Jr. Not boy, sorry. This is the murder of James Brad Jr. Now, he was born in 1949 and was killed in 1998. He was an African-American who was murdered by three white supremacists in Jasper, Texas on June 7, 1998. Uh, the three men were Sean Barry, Lawrence Buer, and John King. You know, like three generic white supremacist names. Like if I had to pick names of white supremacists out of a hat, Sean Barry's gonna be in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first That's one the that's first, coming up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those three pieces of shit dragged James for three miles behind a pickup truck along an asphalt road. Oh. Yeah, and James, who remained conscious throughout most of the ordeal, was killed about oh. halfway through the dragging when his body hit an edge of, of a... Oh, sorry. <laughs> when his body hit the edge of, like, a big piece of stone, severing his right arm and head. Oh. Yeah, so it was... Oh my god. It was torture. Tor- the, the, yeah. the worst kind of prolonged torture. And the uh, the murderers drove on for another half a mile before dumping his torso in front of a black cemetery in Jasper. James' lynching by hanging gave passage to a lot of Texas hate crime laws that are in, like, that are in place now. So after all this came to yeah. light. They put a lot of laws in place for hate crime. Uh, it later led mm-hmm. to the Matthew Shepard and James Buard Hate Crime Prevention Act, commonly known as the Matthew Shepard Act, which became federal law in 2009. So out of this horrible, tragic death that we'll get into, at least some positive acts to help protect people came out of it. So Yeah, yeah, something. Jesus. Now, the main... Uh, the ringleader of all like, the three white supremacists, Sean, he was actually executed by lethal ejection for his involvement in a crime by the state of Texas in 2011. Uh, King was executed by lethal ejection at the state penitentiary in Texas, and the last guy just served life in prison, and he's entitled to, not entitled, but eligible, eligible for parole in 2083. So... He's probably not there. Sorry, he's not getting out. Yeah, he'll die there. So, uh, Wait, what year did this crime take place? It happened in 98. Ooh, so that was not that long ago. No, and uh, these men all... Well, the two of them... No, sorry. One was executed in 2011. The other one was executed this year, actually, in April. And the last one's just hanging out like a piece of shit he is. Yeah, and uh, James... We're going to James a little bit more. Uh, he was born in May 2nd, 1949, in Jasper County, Texas, uh, one of nine children. Uh, his son, Ross, 
was involved with the murderous fam- with, uh, with the murderous family. So the people who attacked him knew his family. Like the family were kind of. This makes it more personable, more fucked up because the families kind of knew each other. You have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Oh. And uh, his son Ross actually went on to be involved in a uh, organization called Murder Victim Families and. Uh, Reconciliation, which is an organization opposed to capital punishment. So even though that these men that knew him and his family killed his father, he didn't want them to be executed, which I think says a lot about him as a person. That Even though he, these people did something horrible to him, took someone away from him, he still wanted to spare their lives. And he actually appeared in a uh, Dateline documentary about it too. Because he was just against the um, death penalty. He's a better person than me. Because I was going to say, like, I don't Chuck really believe win. an eye for an eye. But, but in a situation like that, yeah. I could be persuaded. I can look, I'll look the other way on that one. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, well, good for him. So now we get into the actual murder itself. Now, on June 7, 1998, James, aged 49, accepted a ride from Sean Lawrence... Well, so Sean, who was 23 at the time, Lawrence, 31, mm-hmm. and King, 23. So relatively young people. Yeah. So Barry, who was... And he was born in 49, so he'd be about like 50 years old. Yeah. Okay. So Barry, who was driving, was acquainted with James from around town because they lived in the same area and they just... everyone It was kind of like everyone kind of knew everybody. Instead yeah. of instead of taking James home, the three men took James to a remote county road out of town, beat him severely, and spray painted his face. They then urinated and defecated on him, and after that, they chained him by his ankle to their pickup truck before dragging him about three miles. Buer later claimed that James' throat had been slashed by Barry before he was dragged. However, forensic evidence suggested that Barry had been attempting to keep his head up while being dragged. And an autopsy suggested that James was alive during most of the dragging. Yeah. James died about halfway along the route of his dragging when his right arm and head were severed as his body hit just a big-ass boulder. Uh, While almost all of James' ribs were fractured, his brain and skull found intact further suggested that he maintained conscious while being dragged. Barry, Buer, and King dumped the mutilated remains of James in front of an African-American church on Huff Creek Road, then drove off to have a barbecue. As you know, after you commit a gruesome murder, you just get really hungry for steak and ribs, I guess. level of sociopathy. They did all this to this man and then went and had a fucking barbecue? Yeah, they really wanted to go eat afterwards. At a barbecue, out of all things. After you literally mutilated someone's body, you want to go eat barbecue? I mean, you're already fucked up if you're doing something like that, but the fact that you can then casually go and be like, oh, we're going to have some, like, ribs later. Like, oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> and a, a motorist found uh, James's decapitated remains the following mo- uh, morning. Along the area where James was dragged, police found a wrench with berries written on it. So the dude had his name written on a wrench and just happened to... Manage. He's an idiot. He, he's like... You left your name. You left your, your literal name at a crime scene. But they you all- know what? Thank God he's an idiot because yeah. Can you imagine if they'd gotten away with that? I I could imagine. I think I really could. It's yeah. Texas. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm like I I also can. But 
Uh, they also found a lighter that was inscribed with Possum, which is King's prison nickname. The police found 81 places that were littered with James' remain because again, he was dragged over three miles. So of course there's gonna be evidence and body parts everywhere. Uh, yeah. Since Bure and King were well-known white supremacists, it was determined by state law enforcement officials that the murder was a hate crime. They called upon the FBI less than 24 hours after discovering the remains. Uh, the special agents in charge of the FBI Houston's office said they were assisting because of the case's extreme circumstances. I mean, so thank God that, you know, the wheel got moving fast, so this one, they didn't really sit around on it. I was uh, going to say, good guy cops on this one because, yeah, holy shit. They got, they got to it. Uh, mm-hmm. King, King had several racist tattoos, a black man hanging from a tree, a Nazi symbol, the words Aryan pride and the Pacific gang of white supremacist inmates known as the Confederate Knights of America. <laughs> so, you know, he was a real winner. In a oh, ja- sounds like it. <laughs> in a jailhouse letter to a viewer that was intercepted by jail officials, King expressed pride in the crime and said that he realized while committing the murder that he might have to die for it. Quote, regardless of the outcome. Uh, let me try it. I gotta do it with a hick accent. <clears throat> oh, this is gonna be awful. <laughs> I'm really bad at accents. Regardless of the outcome of this, we have made history. Death before honor. Sig Heil, King wrote. An official investigating the case also testified that the witness said that King was was referencing the Turner Diaries after beating James. Viewer, uh, King, and James. I'm oh, sorry, no. Viewer, viewer, Barry. It's so many B names. <laughs> Barry, Buer, and King were tried and convicted of James's murder. Buer and King received death penalties while Barry was sentenced to life in prison. And one was killed 2011, one was killed 2019. And I wonder it. why the third one didn't get um, capital punishment. Like, I wonder why he got life in prison instead. Well, that was King. And I just, I think he didn't, well, he didn't do as much as the other two did. Hmm. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm surmising from everything I was reading. Is that he was more there while the other two were the ones to beat him, piss on him, you know, all that, and then handcuff him to the car while he kind of was just like driving. And so like he still was involved, but he just didn't go to the extent as the other two did. Again, I'm not for death penalty, but if he got one too, I'd, I'd be alright with it. <laughs> I wouldn't complain. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about innocent people on death row who could potentially be murdered. Like, you are not included in that. <laughs> yeah, but these ones, it's like, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're not who we're talking about here. But yeah, and uh, when it comes to, like, social and political impact, uh, several, av- several, av- uh, my God, <laughs> several groups such as the NAACP, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They they didn't start up, but they got a lot. They took a lot more, a lot more like wind came under their wing, and it really drove forth a lot of not only legal stances to help with hate crimes and kind of protect people of color, but it pushed forward the agenda of a lot of like POC really just coming together and being a force against shit like this and just really yeah. drive the nail in it. Oh, hey, even though it's 1998 and we think that racism is dead, guess what? It's not. It's alive and well. <laughs> so 
So, I mean, good things kind of did come out of this. It's a shitty, awful story, but the men were caught, justice was dealt, and there was a little bit of better place without these pieces of shits walking around. Yeah. Well, and like you said, like, yeah, I can't imagine them getting away with it. So the fact that this was something that was handled so quickly and that they were brought to justice, I mean, it's not great. But it sucks. Like, it's really shitty, but that's not the outcome for a lot of these stories so and and honestly i think the reason they got like done so fast is a because there's evidence everywhere the dude literally Mm -hmm. left his literally left his name at the crime scene and it was just such a big you couldn't ignore that like i said that's something you can easily just rush under a rug Mm -hmm. no exactly well yeah you were right that was a rough one (laughs) gold star if you're hugging you're all the way yeah, jeez. Right. And like, shout out to that guy's son because I don't know. Yeah, a saint, if I'm honestly. That because of a person. <laughs> I would have like wanted to show up to the execution. Just wearing like all black with a veil on. <laughs> Just <laughs> like do it. I would. I want to see him die. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I don't. I can't even fathom like what I would do in that situation. But man, I well. Think yeah, there you on that have note, it. <laughs> we can take a little <laughs> bit of a break for our palate cleanser, and then we'll be right back. Trying to get everybody's cool Go ahead and jump into the pool It might just be the time for you to Do better for yourself Do better for yourself Do better for yourself Do better for yourself Do better for yourself
So Angela's slapped me in the face with your case. All right. So um, the one we're diving into is actually an ongoing cold case. And most of the information on this story comes from an article on Project Cold Case uh, by John Newsom. So I went I along that with website. several news articles. It's yeah, good- Project Cold Case is incredible. If you're listening and you're interested in cold cases at all, go check it out. It's an amazing database. Um, but yeah, let's get started. So growing up, Kayshawn Trotter was super close with his siblings and his mother, Natasha Richardson. Um, and before he started high school, his mother moved the family to Jacksonville, Florida to get away from his father. And according to his mother, Kayshawn loved football, fishing, and his family. He always wanted a family of his own so he could be the father he wished he had. Um, and during high school, Kayshawn met Arian Johnson and quickly fell in love. His mother remembers Kayshawn calling her gushing that he'd found this amazing girl. Um, She's talented, beautiful, smart. She designed clothing. She made candied fruit. Trotter's older sister, Deja Dent, described Arian as soft-spoken and sweet. Kayshawn was so excited when Arian became pregnant. Um, They gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Ariel, who is described as being incredibly loving and happy. Kayshawn took to fatherhood very naturally, and all his family members say that he was an incredible father to her. So, on the night of December 12th, 2017, Kayshawn, Arian, and Ariel were all murdered. They were found when firefighters were called to their home. Yeah, I know. We knew it wasn't going to be a happy story. (laughs) (laughs) The turn. Yeah, I know. Um, Kayshawn and Arian had been shot, and baby Ariel died from smoke inhalation. Their Christmas tree had been lit on fire. That night, Kayshawn's mother was at a basketball game for one of her sons, so she missed several calls from her sister. When she finally realized she was getting calls, she answered to her sister yelling into the phone that Kayshawn, Arian, and Ariel were all dead. Um, His mother said she doesn't remember much of what happened next. She doesn't remember driving to the house, but she does remember arriving at the crime scene, seeing a burnt, charred house, and not being able to enter. She believes that whoever committed this act set fire to the Christmas tree in an attempt to destroy evidence. His mother said they have no clue who committed to the crime. She said that Kayshawn was picky about his friends and that she can't believe anyone close to him would have hurt him or his family. The family wants the sense of closure that would come with catching the murderer, um, but his mother says it worries her that someone's capable of doing this and is out there walking around free and no one knows who it is. Um, She wants justice, but she doesn't know how much it'll help. She said, you lose a part of yourself. You know you won't hear their laugh and they won't call your phone. She also said, I don't want this to be a cold case. So um, if anyone has any information on this unsolved murder of Kayshawn Trotter, Arian Johnson, and Ariel Trotter, this article said, please call the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office at 904-630-0500. And to report anonymous tips and be eligible for a $3,000 reward, you can call First Coast Crime Stoppers at 866-845-TIPS. So, Jesus Christ. It's oh, bleak. my heart it's just really sank. I know. It is, it's just hard to know. Like, unfortunately, you don't get that satisfying conclusion that you did with the last story. Like, this is something that there may never be a satisfying conclusion to, and it's and so we'll sad. put all that information in the show notes too. So yeah, yeah. So if anyone's listening, I don't know that anyone would be listening to us who has information on that. But it you doesn't hurt to put it out there. Yeah. So that was obviously a short one. But in addition to this story, I have an update on Andrean McDonald. Um, and I covered her back in April, I think. 
but she had been missing and her husband was suspected in the disappearance, but there was no conclusion in the case yet. It was still ongoing. Mm-hmm. So there's been developments in that. Uh, but just a quick refresher. After she went missing, police searched her house and found blood splatters along with receipts for a shovel, a hatchet, gasoline, and a barrel. And Andrine had previously told her friends that if she went missing or was found dead, that her husband was likely to blame. A family friend also said that the couple's daughter had made comments about dad hurting mommy. Um, And police believe that the couple's daughter, who was on the autism spectrum and mostly nonverbal, was present during the destruction of her mother's body, according to an arrest warrant. So basically, parts of Andrean's skull and some bones were found on July 11th, east of Joint Base San Antonio Camp Bullis in San Antonio, following a 134-day search. The remains were definitively identified as Andrean's by a medical examiner through dental records. A statement from Bexar County Sheriff's Department says, Now we begin the process of taking this to trial. We're not going to rest until we bring Andre and anyone else that may be involved to justice. So hopefully we will see him found guilty. And I really hope that our family can find some sense of closure from this. Um, I was worried that they weren't going to find a body or anything. So, you know, at least... We they have found that, something, but, yeah. So, and again, that case has been ongoing. I've been following it for months. So, um, and I also was reading in other accounts that when they arrested the husband, he was like completely calm, didn't seem bothered at all. Like they said, they found the body, and he was just kind of like whatever. So this like guy's like a real psychopath, a total piece of shit. Yeah, like a legit psychopath. Uh, I but remember anyways, that case like that poor daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another thing I read in one of the articles was that. The daughter had maybe been staying with a family or a family friend and they said she had one of her dolls in the backyard and had like lined up a circle of rocks and put all these wooden sticks in the middle and then laid her doll on top of it and said someone needs to bring the fire. So like this little girl must have seen her dad burning this body. Like they were like, where the hell did that come from? Uh, So yeah, rough, rough all around today. (laughs) I mean, it always is, but (laughs) yeah. So uh, I think it's time to close it up. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social medias. Facebook, Bras of Murder. Instagram, at Bras of Murder. Twitter, Murder Bra. Uh, YouTube us at Bras of Murder. Make sure you give us a like, review us, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, what else? Oh, check out Spotify for that new playlist I'm about to drop soon. And uh, I think that's it for me. I think that's it for me as well. You covered it. Yeah, I usually forget half of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you got it this time. On point. (laughs) We out here. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) bye. Bye.